Aloha, everyone. Welcome to Hawaii Abroad Audio Podcast. I'm your host, Auntie Max, and today is Aloha Friday. It's a day of the week where you can sit back, relax, and listen as I interview former residents of Hawaii as they share their journey of relocating elsewhere and living abroad. In this episode, I am talking star with Shane Radford, who's a native Hawaiian, or as we say in Hawaiian, Kanaka Maoli. So Shane relocated to California, then came back to Hawaii, and now he's located in North Carolina. I'm so excited to share his journey with you guys. So without further ado, let's talk story. Hui, aloha Shane. Mahalo for being here and thank you so much again for helping me with this project. Aloha. Aloha. So before I start into my questions, I wanted to give you a chance to introduce yourself, maybe share a little bit about where you're originally from and how you now became a resident of North Carolina. Okay. So my name is Shane Ikaika Anthony Radford uh, from Oahu, grew up in Hawaii Kai, well, Kapahulu, Hawaii Kai, and Kaimaki. Uh, went to school in, in Kaimaki till eighth grade and then went to Kamehameha Kapalama. Uh, and got a degree from UH right after high school in mechanical engineering and always liked cars and I knew that there wasn't any car type design jobs in Hawaii so moved to California worked in racing in California for two years decided I didn't like California because it was not Hawaii Moved back to Hawaii for seven years and decided I didn't like what I was doing there for engineering. So then I moved back out of Hawaii to North Carolina uh, to do some engineering and for NASCAR. And I've been here ever since. So 19 years. Wow. What a journey. What a journey. And now you're all the way on the east side. Yeah. (laughs) Long way. Wow, so you must have a lot of experience. So I'm excited to talk story with you and hear a little <laughs> bit about your journey and how, yeah. you know, everything that you dealt with um, up to this point in your life. So that is so awesome. But so the, the first thing I want to ask you is, was this a, a plan to be temporarily away from Hawaii or permanently or is was it even a plan? So. Um, you know, when I moved to California, it was going to be forever. And then I, I guess it didn't turn out that way. And then when I moved back to Hawaii, it was going to be forever. It didn't turn out that way. So when I moved out here, I didn't really have a forever plan. It was just like, well, this is what I'm going to do now. And, uh, I, now I've been here 19 years and I was just telling my friend the other day, I've been here for. 40% of my life, but cannot take the local boy out of me. (laughs) You can say that again. Yes, you can say that again. And take the Kanaka away from the islands, but the islands are not taken out of that person. So my Kai, yeah. Okay. So so you went to Kamehameha and of course you learned a lot of culture thing in there and probably throughout your life so um 
do you practice any type of culture, traditions, or value now that you're away from home in Hawaii? And what if it if you do, what is it? It's funny. I, I was trying to think of that answer before you asked me. And my my knee-jerk answer is I don't know. Um, but you know right there, like, just that that verbiage <laughs> right there is part of Kanaka, you know? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my you know, my grandparents from the generation where they spoke Hawaiian, but I almost never heard them speak Hawaiian because, you know, I guess they were ashamed because of whatever they were taught when they were kids. Uh, so my parents never learned. And so I never officially learned, although, I mean, if I, if I had to think about it, I know what lots of words mean, but I don't know any grammar. Uh, so I might know what somebody's telling me, but I have no idea how to answer back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so so as a result of that you know we don't you know I've, I've never built an imu or anything like that you know if, if the closest I've come is you know maybe at a gigantic family parties when I was a little kid and I was just kind of watching uh, you know I've seen um, luau leaves being prepped many many times but I was always too small to help and then once the grandparents were gone then that all kind of stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe just being alive and hopefully spreading some aloha in unintended ways, maybe, I don't know. There you go, right there, the aloha spirit. Uh, I know just being raised in Hawaii, you end up picking up at least the values of our culture, you know, so yeah, so yeah the aloha spirit is one, definitely taking that spirit with you and sharing that, yeah. Uh, just little things too, like taking off your slipper before you get in the house kind of thing. <laughs> you know, walking into people's houses now and, and I take off my shoes and they look at me like I'm crazy. But really, <laughs> even if they tell me not to take them off, I feel very strange. Yeah, I believe you. Yeah, it's just a way that we are here in Hawaii. Yeah, so yeah, but our people does take the aloha anywhere they go, just like you, right? So you have that aloha within you. The world needs more Hawaiians. And (laughs) What do you think is happening to the Hawaiians? Why are they moving? I think, you know, in the days before the internet, it was vastly based on opportunity and income. Mm -hmm. As in, you can potentially make more money outside of Hawaii, and then you have the, the bonus of also having a lower cost of income. And I think with the advent of the internet, that's maybe even speeding up because now you have proof of it on your phone 24 seven. You know, look at my house, uh, look at my car. I got two houses, I got a boat, I got three cars, you know, on and on and on. Wow, you make a really good, good point, yeah. Because I know when we was growing up, we didn't know what was really happening there. Only the stories that we hear physically from people. But now you can actually see it right on the internet. Everything is right at your fingertips now. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, you you have people who, the opposite, right? You you got Hawaiians who are rushing from their first job to their second job. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Or living with mom and dad or or even grandma and grandpa and mom and dad. Yes. 
Exactly. So yeah, you're hitting on the economy side where as it is economically hard to, uh, it's a struggle financially to live at home. So you need to live multi-generations in one home just to survive. So yeah. So, yeah. When I moved away, I was shocked at how many young people own their own homes. Oh yeah. You mean Un away un from unheard home? Unheard of in Hawaii. Yeah. Oh yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So how about um, if you could share with us some fond memories you might've had as growing up in Hawaii? It's funny, you know, we, we take for granted that at least my generation, I sound like an old man when I say that. Um, but, you know, it was like when we were kids, we were all the same. Even though looking back on it, none of us were the same. You know, it didn't matter if your friend was Japanese, Chinese, you know, white, black, purple, green, whatever. Yes, we were yes. just all friends. It didn't matter. We, we knew the differences, but we didn't know the differences. And so, you know, now that I've moved away, I probably wouldn't have been aware of this, but moving away now, you know, I have to explain so many things, maybe not after being here almost 20 years, but when I first moved here, people were like, well, you talk funny. Where are you from? <laughs> or I would call different things by different names. And when people were confused, like I didn't always have a different word to use to tell them what I wanted, if that makes any sense. And I don't know, I think the fond memories are just of, of how much we were the same as kids. Mm -hmm. And probably still now, right? I mean, I don't live in Hawaii anymore, but we're, we're early adopters. We're inclusive until you um, demonstrate to us that that was a mistake. I remember running around with little, being a little kid with all my cousins and you know, you didn't have a shirt, didn't have shoes. It didn't matter. You swim all day at the beach and nobody worried about drowning or getting lost. We were all there and it was just fun. Never yeah. had to worry. People ask me now, what is the weather like there? What is the temperature? I'm like, I don't know. I never thought about it. Right. <laughs> it was raining or not raining. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> cold, cold was 72 degrees. Yes. Yeah. We didn't have to have different um, attire for the snow right. or for the heat. It was right. always around the same thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, just, I just miss being around people who, who know about you before they know you. Yeah. Yeah. Being raised in Hawaii, pretty much it was like a mixed plate. Yeah. So all the different ethnicities and to us, it was normal. It was really normal. It yeah. wasn't, we didn't segregate yeah. each other. So it's interesting when you remove yourself from Hawaii and you go to other areas and you see the yeah. attitudes of people. Yeah. I never heard of ethnic food until I moved away from Hawaii. Oh, <laughs> I was eating lunch one day in California, and one of my coworkers said, what is that? And I told him what it was, which, of course, he didn't know what it was. So then I explained to him what it was, and he goes, oh, ethnic food. And I thought, what is that? It's just food. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, here in Hawaii, again, we're a mixed plate. Not only the people, <laughs> but our food. So plate too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's okay. We get the Samoan food with the Hawaiian food and the Chinese yeah. food. That, that's all just mixed plate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. So how is the food in North Carolina? Um, you know, when I first moved here, I hated it. Uh, but I'm sure I was closed-minded and missing home and now i don't hate it um i don't know that i love it but you know we have more variety than i expected to have so mm -hmm. you you adapt and i mean there are things here that i like and you know i don't live out in the boonies so i can get ethnic food <laughs> it's harder to find but it's out here uh-huh uh, you know, I cook my own food sometimes, but uh, not always convenient. So, you know, we, me and my, one of my best friends is Southern and he, we, I, we just joke that whatever, whatever you want, if it's fried, we got it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I culture shock. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> especially that far away that I, I can just imagine the different culture practices out there. Yeah. And just the way people are compared to us way out in the ocean. <laughs> we get, you know, now there's pokey restaurants everywhere. And really? You guys got like, there? Oh, it's Hawaiian. And I'm like, oh. Well, not really. It's from the ocean. <laughs> uh, you got to put salt on it. <laughs> <laughs> just chop it up and eat it yeah honestly poke is my weakness so <laughs> oh when i come home that's all i eat yeah 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 <laughs> yeah sometimes as soon as when i go out doing some travels as soon as i come home first place i go is like tamoras <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> that's a that's a memory from childhood you know we have japanese food here but you know, if you eat sashimi at a restaurant, maybe you get three or four pieces. And, you know, I remember being a little kid and all the fishermen out in uh, Manolo Bay selling ahi on the side of the road that they just caught. Yeah. And, you know, my grandpa would come home with a piece of ahi about the size of a basketball <laughs> and cut it, cut it up. And, you know, we got four, five, six plates of sashimi. So... I cannot stop at four pieces, so right. I just don't eat it at all. Right. <laughs> just a teaser. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, okay, now what? What's next? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> seeing those vendors on the side of the road with, with fish, it, that's the best, I swear. That's fresh. That's really fresh. Yep. Right from the, Miss from the boat to the road to your plate. <laughs> yep, to my, to my stomach. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I remember going to the farmer's market and the fish market and uh, Chinatown and my grandfather was a chef, so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was like my main babysitter, so I, I was always around those kinds of things. Oh, nice, nice. So when you was back in Hawaii growing up, did you all, was always escorted through, you know, somebody drove you or you caught the bus? Because I, I caught the city bus. So um, I so when I, I 
was probably about 10. So I never lived by my school. So as a little kid, it was usually mom taking me to school at like six o'clock in the morning. There was no car rider lines. There was no drop off point. It was like, okay, here's school, get out. And then you sit there for two hours alone or with your friends. There was no like pre-school type. Oh, you got to be escorted by an adult. So, you know, we grew up quick, I guess, in that regard, as far as being self-sufficient. And then after school, grandpa would pick me up. And I guess about at 10, they felt like I was old enough to catch Uncle Frank's uh, bus. Frank. <laughs> um so from 10 to 13, I caught the bus, uh, not to school, but home. And then once I started Kamehameha, I caught the Kamehameha school bus. Nice, nice. Uh, until, I, until I could drive, but yeah, so about two yeah. years. Yeah. Two, two and a half years. Oh, you brought up a term from history, I swear, <laughs> um, Uncle Frank. <laughs> That's a bus. Yeah, I remember that. For those of you that is listening, Frank Fossey was our mayor during the time that public transportation was created. And that was our our bus system. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> so sometimes when we say that to the kids, you know, Uncle Frank, we call Uncle Frank. They're like, who's Uncle Frank? Yeah. <laughs> it was the bus system back in Honolulu. yellow. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> I remember the green buses, but I was a real little kid when those Yeah. Were... Oh, my God. There you go. Bringing back way more memories. <laughs> yeah, those are some good, good memories, good memories. And uh, sometimes I wish that our children could build some of those memories. But like I said, a lot of them are now parents and they've moved away, you know, the next generation. So. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, but I cherish the moment. So I, I've gotten to the point where I would like to share those stories with our, with my mo'opunas or the grandchildren. So, so yeah, yeah, good memory. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. That, that surprised me a little bit. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> well, I know you were sharing that you, it seemed like you mostly left Hawaii for employment um, career opportunities. So yeah. um, I was wondering if you could share a little bit about your career, what, you know, what you did, what are you doing now? Yeah, yeah I, um, I was that little kid that took apart all their toys and put them back together and figured out how they work and figured if one battery was good, then two batteries or three batteries were better. And uh, Interesting theory. <laughs> nothing broke, but they went real fast. Um, so, you know, went to UH uh, for mechanical engineering and I kind of kicked myself for not going away to school, but you know, it is what it is. I was 17 and I was, I just, I don't know, wasn't ready, I guess. And this was way before, well, mostly before the internet. The internet was around, but it was not real common. So it was kind of like the the edge of the earth, right? Like what, it wasn't in the palm of our Hawaii. hand back yeah. then. <laughs> yeah, you move away from Hawaii, and what what are you gonna get? So, yes. I you know the whole time I was in college at UH, I thought ah, I should have gone away, but I don't want to switch schools. So as soon as I graduated, I I basically found 
any phone number or address I could of any race shop, race team, race anything, and wrote letters and stuck them in envelopes. For, for you people that don't know, that's uh, when you write on a piece of paper and stick it in the mail. Um, and eventually I got a job in California and I was gone. And then, you know, I did that for two years and had to grow up quick. You know, I never, you have to ship a car and get insurance and find a place to live and figure out how to go grocery shopping and make sure you don't spend all your money and, you know, oh, I need new tires and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, it was fun, but I guess took for granted how easy it was to make friends in Hawaii. So, you know, it was a new skill that I had to acquire when I moved away. You know, I didn't have hundreds of friends and friends of friends and you don't bump into people just in your regular life at the store or at the stoplight or whatever. Um, so, you know, had a lot of fun times there, but decided uh, I don't really like it here. So I'm going to move back to Hawaii. And part of that was like, man, did I fail or did I really try? And so, you know, moved back to Hawaii and was doing some engineering and didn't really like the kind of stuff I was doing. And so after lots and lots and lots of thinking, seven years goes by and I'm like, okay, I, I want to work in racing again and not really a NASCAR fan, but I know I don't really want to go to California. So let's try, see if I can get a job in NASCAR. So literally picked a date and moved. And between the day that I made the decision and the day that I moved, which, you know, probably I planned it for like six months, figured out that my childhood neighbor lived in North Carolina. So stayed with him for about a week. Oh, so backing up. I stayed with my cousin in California when I moved there. And I think I stayed for like three months, which was probably about two and a half months too long. Um, <laughs> so I was like, okay, I, I'm not going to do that again. So after one week of living with my childhood neighbor, I found a place to rent and bought a car and this was my new home and, you know, I, I moved here in October. So, you know, I don't even know what the temperature in Hawaii is in October because we never really cared. We never really looked. It was, you know, do I need a jacket or do I not need a jacket? And October is the same as February and March. I, exactly. <laughs> I never thought about it. So, you know, I moved here and it's gray and it's like in the I don't know, 40s, which to me was might as well have been minus 40. I was freezing. Oh. Uh, and I'm like, man, what, what have I done? But anyway, I survived. And, you know, I mean, I, I had some good times. I've done some, some fun things at work and, you know, worked in NASCAR for about four or five years and worked around cars and other, you know, like hot rods and streetcar type stuff for another handful of years and you know during that time I've, I've worked in heavy equipment because that was the job that was available worked for a paving company you know doing marketing as an engineer which I, I didn't even know that existed I, you know got to build engines and test engines and take apart engines and um, you know I just recently switched 
to being a mortgage broker, but prior to that, I was a realtor for five years. Had my real estate license in Hawaii back in the 90s. My girlfriend at the time was going to do it as a job. And I thought, oh, well, I'll go take the class with you. And I had some interest, but it was never going to be a career. And took the class and took the test. And I passed and she failed. And I was like, oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what do you say? I mean, she passed eventually. Um, <laughs> No names mentioned. Oh, uh, so <laughs> I, I knew that at some point I would circle back to engineering. I always wanted to be, I mean, not engineering. Um, I love being an engineer, but I never wanted to work for somebody else. Since I was eight years old, I used to um, want to be self-employed. I remember like selling my skateboards to the neighbors and stuff like that. And uh, I knew I wanted to be self-employed and real estate seemed like a good option. So here I am. Now I'm doing mortgages and hopefully I can connect to all my realtor friends and make a decent living and still have a nice life. Wow. So I can go home occasionally. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you had a lot of big opportunities that you was able to experience. And do yeah. you think you would have been able to do that, especially the mechanical things back here in Hawaii? Definitely not. I mean, yeah. I don't really know what the engineering climate is like there now. I mean, I have, you know, UH classmates that have been in engineering the whole time since we graduated in Hawaii. I have other classmates that have moved away and come back. Um, but, you know, I used to joke that, you know, if you were a mechanical engineer in Hawaii back in the 90s anyway, you were either designing air conditioning or plumbing. And that wasn't really my passion um, mm. there's some nuclear going on at Pearl Harbor but I don't know mm. what the demand is compared to you know plumbing and HVAC is everywhere yeah uh, yeah no, no offense to anybody but that wasn't my thing yeah yeah well that's awesome that you just pursued your passion so good for you my cut it takes me a while to make decisions but once I do I'm like all in yeah, yeah. That's I awesome. My parents stress because of that. That's awesome. <laughs> Your parents stress. Your parents are still alive. Still uh, here. My mom, my mom passed away in 2016. My dad's still around. Oh, okay. I I think I freaked them out with my <laughs> with my I don't know. You know, I'm I make a make a decision and I'm going it's like never mind that it's 5,000 miles from home I'm going yeah yeah that's what parents do you know they worry about their kids right <laughs> even though we adults already yeah yeah, yeah. My, yeah my dad still worries and I, I joke with him I said so when I was four you said I could be anything I wanted to be and now that I'm trying to be anything I want to be you're not really cool with that <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, be what you can be, but as long as I can see what you're doing. <laughs> right, right. Not when I said everything, I didn't really mean everything. Or anything. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I really enjoyed talking to you and hearing your experience. Um, I wanted before we close, um, 
Is there any message that you would like to share with our listeners, especially our native Hawaiians? And anything that you want to share? Yeah. I do you know? I I mean, there's a lot I want to say, but I'll keep it short. I remember I was home. I was already living here, and I was in Chinatown. I was coming home to visit, and me and my mom were in Chinatown, just hanging out, have lunch, go shopping, whatever. And we were walking and, you know, there's homeless and there's a, I was maybe in my early forties and we were walking and there were lots of homeless people. So they, either we had to move around them or they had to move around us. And so I was walking around this one guy and he was older. I don't know, maybe, maybe my age now, I don't know, fifties, sixties. And he looked at me and my mom and you know, I don't think either one of us look obviously Hawaiian. I mean, what does a Hawaiian look like? That's a whole other topic of conversation. But yes, anyway, yes. Um, he goes, hey, no, my Nasa, we just Hawaiians. And, and it was kind of like, like he was embarrassed or like somehow it was a detriment or, you know, if he wasn't Hawaiian, he wouldn't be homeless or, you know, you could read a lot into that statement. And I, I so badly wanted to say something encouraging, but I don't think anything that I would have said would have come out in any, like, I don't think it would have been received in a positive light. And I would have probably come across like some know-it-all who really doesn't know anything. So I just kept walking. But the fact that I'm telling you this story, you know, 10 years after it happened, it, it left something with me. And I always thought, you know, how, how great, you know, I'm not a millionaire, but I've had a, a good life and, um, you know, I've, I've made decent money and I don't drive a Ferrari, but I'm, a, I'm on my own and I'm doing my thing. And, you know, success to me is more about doing what you want and making your own rules than having a boat and a plane and a car and a mansion. Um, but moving away and then the internet and, you know, you see people of other cultures here that you don't see in Hawaii and a lot, there's a lot of like, I would be more fill in the blank, except that I am this. And so you can apply that to being Hawaiian, right? Like, oh, you know, if I wasn't Hawaiian, I would have had more opportunity or I don't have opportunity because I'm Hawaiian or, you know, on and on and on. And I mean, I'm Hawaiian. I did all right. I'm, I'm still doing all right. You know, it's the, and, and the engineer in me is like, so like literally you, you're Hawaiian. So somehow, some way you're different and that holds you back and uh, just my two cents, but it's a, uh, it, it makes me kind of emotional to think about it, but it's like, somebody needs to tell you, you know, the, the collective you that not only is it not a bad thing, but what if it's a good thing? You know, what if, what if your thought process is broken? Like, did you, did you try and fail? Is that proof? Did you try once? Did you try twice? Did you try a hundred times? Is that like, have you given up? Did you give up before you started? Because somehow that's in our culture to tell, to tell each other that you're lesser or, or whatever. And I mean, it's not true. How about how's that for politically correct? That is a, a, an untrue statement. Um, exactly. Pick what you want and go do it. And it has nothing to do with 
your last name or the shape of your eyes or the size of your waist or where you come from, your zip code or whatever. You know, you, you feel you feel lesser because you're from a certain area. Maybe you got to work twice as hard. The world doesn't care. Um, go do it. What a powerful you, you message. Only need, you only need one example, right? I mean, is there a Hawaiian doctor out there? I'm sure there is. Is there a Hawaiian lawyer? Is there a Hawaiian whatever, astronaut? Okay, what more proof do you need? Go get it. Exactly. I totally agree with you. That is a very powerful message. Thank you so much for sharing that. Because yeah, it, yeah, whatever happens to you, it's not because of the cocoa or the blood in you. It's actually what you have in your ike, in your, your head and in your heart and your puvai. So, you know, go and do it. And yeah, so, so powerful. I think we're pretty special people, you know. Um, so go show the world how special, but you got to believe it first. Very well put. Mahalo, mahalo, mahalo. Yes, yes. Wow. So thank you so much for being a strong Kanaka out there in the world and really representing Hawaii well, because it sounds to me like you're doing well. Yes, you are doing well. You're a Hawaiian living abroad and you're still doing good. So Thank you so much for representing us and representing your family. And I know you said that your, fa your father worries about you, but hopefully he can see this podcast and see that you're doing very well, dad. <laughs> I'm sure he yeah. knows already. Yeah, yeah. I think his head knows, but his heart is a different thing. Right, right. I know. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I wish you all the best um, in your success, especially with this new journey that you're starting to yeah. um, restart again. <laughs> yeah. And um, keep warm. <laughs> How's the weather right you know, now? I'm used to cold? it now. I, I actually like the cooler weather now. Uh, so it's, it's May 2nd right now when we're having this conversation and it's just starting to switch from moderate to hot. So we're not quite hot yet, but it's coming. Oh, so you should be in a, in the nice weather right now. I mean, yeah, Between. It, this, this is as good as it gets. It's, it's nice. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. get outdoors then. <laughs> Try. <laughs> Thank you again. Mahalo, mahalo, mahalo. Oh, I really welcome. appreciate I'm glad I could that. Do it. I was looking forward to it. Good. Aloha. Aloha. Well, gang, I hope you found value in that session. I know I did. A Kanaka doing his thing and being successful while living abroad. My kailoa. Well, gang, it's time to wrap up this session. But before we go, I want to remind you, please rate this podcast. Let me know what you think about it. And you can always leave me a comment on any of the social media under Hawaii Abroad. And please share this podcast with your family and friends. Remember, tune in to hawaiiabroad.com every Mondays for Manao Mondays and hear the Hawaiian culture lesson of the day. And then on Aloha Friday, sit back, relax, and listen to interviews of former residents of Hawaii. All right, gang, you all have a Maika'i day. This is Auntie Max signing out. Aloha.